0: Well, hello, everybody, and welcome again to Wednesday Night Live. I'm coming to you from the Father's Church in Dallas, Texas. My name is Ron Crawford, and it's great to be able to say hello to all of our Saints family throughout the world, but particularly those close to home. It's a great, great blessing to be part of the Saints, and I... Am very excited about what God is uh, putting before us in the weeks and months to come. These are extraordinary days. They are. They they are holding within their pages the unfolding of the prophetic words that God spoke about the times of the end and I know that if there was ever a time when we as saints need to rely upon our relationship with God our communication with him and what we are to be uh, doing on his behalf as intercessors and as sons it's now I want to specifically remind all of our Saints family that we announced this past Sunday the Saints Network Gathering, which is going to be from September 14th through the end of that week. and It's, uh, it's the awakening from a, a long period of COVID restriction And we're actually privileged and thrilled to be welcoming our saints' family here to Dallas. And so, make your plans to be here. Now, we are calling this gathering the the feast. And it is not that we're going to be eating a lot of uh, delectable foods from the earth. It is the word that, that indicates we are called by God to come as saints and to remember our position as redeemed sons with a promise ahead of us that we are to give our very best to him in a first fruits way, which is the essence of Pentecost, the birth of the church. And we are to be willing to go and partner with him in establishing his outposts throughout the world, or as tabernacles. Those are the three things that God said in Exodus, uh, chapters 23 and 34, and um, the the term there for feast, God was calling his people to three times a year, is the root of what saint and holy means, in the New Testament. So, all that being said, we look forward to an ingathering of the saints with an eye toward what is coming and what our responsibilities are, and we're going to regard this time as a as an ingathering. Uh, I I know that. At this very moment, uh, Monica Terrell is praying and seeking the Lord about how we uh, welcome people in on Tuesday. It's normally a newcomer's gathering, which she supervises, but this time we're going to be putting together something uh, that has more to do with our response to this invitation from the Lord, and it will involve intercession. It will be Um, more coordinated than a simple the doors are open come lay on the floor which is always wonderful and then Wednesday morning we will be working together to truly assert and establish what this feast calling from God really is we will be making some adjustments to our normal schedule uh, for our seminars here in Dallas that we have put forward for many many years and um, the main one is that we are adding a second afternoon session to each of those days Wednesday Thursday and Friday there's just a lot to do there's a lot to cover and it seems like the Spirit as I pray and and prepare there's a tremendous excitement in the spirit realm for what god intends to do through his people and we have a lot to discuss we have a lot of things that the spirit is wanting to say from his word and i am again doing everything that i can and i know our church is is mobilizing now to do everything we can to make this exactly what the Lord is wanting. And uh, I know that I have been studying incessantly. I mean, I, I don't remember a time where I have, maybe since seminary, where I've studied this much. Um, the Spirit has really placed it upon my heart to read a number of scholastic works that are currently out there that are indicating <clears throat> things that are happening spiritually uh, on all levels of, um, of society and um, you know we warned over the past couple of years about the errors of, of progressivism and opening yourself up to the uh, the doctrines of demons which masquerade themselves as religions and um, we have made it very clear that all quote-unquote truth is not God's truth because uh, the essence of truth is that it's something that the Spirit of God finds hidden uh, or, or earmarks as being hidden that he wants to reveal to his people. The enemy also wants to reveal things. He usually tries to reveal them before the time. You know, if you, if you want to see how the, the enemy works with uh, discovery and inventiveness. There are some times where he, he does lead unwitting followers into things that, that are really verboten in the spirit realm. But for the most part, if you see the, the ideals of communism, how they try their very best to just steal and pilfer things that don't belong to them, and subsequently then misuse them regardless of what you think about um, the COVID issues and uh, the theories of how it originated. The point is that there uh, is gain-of-function research being done in facilities, several facilities that are being funded by the United States and that's just the truth. I mean it has Let's just set aside the COVID thing. Um, that is just a, a a a verifiable truth. And what that means is you take something that's there and you modify it, and you quote I could say jack it up to under the guise of saying well we want to understand this and know our best to to deal with it. But really, you're creating a monster. And that is really how the enemy moves, he takes something that's there and he tries to iniquitize it. that's not I know that's not a word, but maybe it should be a word uh, turning something into an uh, in iniquity and utilizing it that uh, the enemy takes things and twists it hath God said, well, let me tell you what he really said, you know and um you know, it's, it's, it's a very interesting thing. So all truth is not God's truth. All things that have been discovered are not things that God has ordained to be discovered. And you even think about what the Bible speaks about when um, before the days of Noah, some of the, the fallen ones, they came and mated with, uh, with women on earth and created a race of giants, as the scripture speaks about. And that's a perversion of what God really wanted. And God said, you know, I'm not going to strive with this. I I'm going to I'm going to wipe that out. So, we we spent a lot of time talking about that demonic um, measure of of twisting and how we need to be careful of false religions and doctrines of demons. But in our day, God is is warning us about it's an endless pursuit. The enemy's coming with great ferocity because he knows his time is short, as it was in the days of Noah, so shall the end be. And that doesn't just mean an ark that's a rapture that's taken us out of here. It's the, what leads up to that event. And, um, you know, there, so one of the things that I've been studying a lot about is how in the, in the highest levels of academia, People uh, who are scholars are either indicating that they have been touched by a supernatural force and they don't qualify it as God. These aren't Christian people that have an anointment come on them. And subsequently then they are changed and they gain insight or they, uh, they enter into some kind of, a, of an enlightened period where their, their entire uh, measure of perception is changed. Uh, this is what we're going to be facing in the time of the end. We're already facing it. We, we as Christians just don't know it yet. It hasn't hit Elijah list yet or, or whatever the, the current uh, flashpoint is on the internet. And about 15 days after the rapture comes, it'll be in the Pentecostal Evangel. Um, but Right now, there is in in the highest levels of academia people who are having experiences with the supernatural, and so you have you have that those two types of scenarios that are going on the doctrines of devils and the progressive church, and this kind of a quasi. Um, it, we're, in the essence of it is we're having these experiences, we're getting this information. there is no God. This is all just a divi- this is all just a supernatural force. We don't know what it is, which is totally a demonic strategy. And then of course, you have the hardcore enemies of righteousness, which are um, the synagogues of Satan, which the book the Bible speaks about. That's not my term. That's a King James Version term. I don't know what it says in the NIV or the French Bible, but at least we know that God speaks about that. And these people are, are really gearing up to serve Satan. And they are, they are offering some type of wicked intercession and sacrifice to coordinate societal viewpoints through, for instance, the Prince of the Power of the Air, which is really moving in wokeism and uh, having people have uh, false memories and uh, bitterness and, and then anger. And the God of this world who blinds and um, causes people with that fog of, of false atmosphere to believe a lie. And those three things are really coming together, uh, even now. And we don't fear that, but we're aware of it. We're, we're very much aware, and we must be aware of it. And how do you overcome that? Well, with the good. The, the essence of the enemy's strategy is always the same. He was a man killer from the beginning. He detests the fact that God desires to partner with his sons with you and me. And so the way we overcome these other things is by being the very best that we can be, which is why the church was born at Pentecost or first fruits where God wants the best of the best of who we are and we will prevail, but it's, it's going to be a war and then you can, and it is that that's happening right now. It, it's, going to, it's going to increase, but we're aware. We're not ignorant of the devices. You can take the, the 666 number and how it's always aligned with proskuneo in the book of Revelation. It always is. You can look it up. I wouldn't say it if I thought some of you pur- purists could go and look and say, no, it's not. It's there. Believe me. Um, But whether that is government and religion and economy or whether that is behind that, whether that is a demonic structure and academia, which is going over into as a kind of a dark pneumatikos and then the the, the the economic structure that really encompasses a lot of things uh, communication uh, mercantilism i mean you can see <clears throat> i think one of the things that we've seen recently in our country especially in the past few months is uh, our our inter- our our communication can really be taken out very easily <laughs> um, we as saints are gonna to have to work on how we communicate with one another and what to do if there is a shutdown of communication and have a plan in place is that this if this happens, this is what you do so people have a sense of purpose and don't run around like chickens with their head cut off. But recently we've seen because of a of a of an attack against communication, gasoline supplies be dwindled to nothing on the east coast or very close to nothing we've seen food supplies be uh, meat production shut down we've even seen um, transportation ferries in the northeast be shut down just with a few rogue hackers that are ransomware people what those that communication and even the exchanges you know um, identity theft and Hacking into systems, um, title home titles being stolen away, uh, well, false identities, um, and how that affects your finance and how that affects who you are and what's going to happen when you have to swear allegiance to the to the new woke government. And if you don't, you're you're not just canceled in your reputation; you are you are canceled. You can't buy or sell. You know what what is that? You see. So we see very we see a very clear picture of these things forming and um, and I think that without getting into hysterics or biting into every measure of uh, conspiracy that's out there which will wear you out chasing them down half of them are unfounded the best thing we can do is be faithful do what God has given. He's given us the best as saints. And uh, we need to guard against being worn out, which is a Belial influence that Daniel speaks about for the time of the end. And we we need to be faithful to do what we're supposed to be doing and not quit. And we also need to be aware, as the Spirit directs us, of these various things that are being put in place now this gives us a great advantage because first of all darkness upon the earth grows darkness the people god's light will shine on you there will be those who fool around with the enemy who then recognize that they're trapped and they'll they'll come for help we're going to have to be careful about that not to not to be deceived because the enemy will use that as well if he can but there will be those like what the book of Revelation says who will come and say we've been serving the enemy but we know God is in you and we want to come and we want to proskuneo and we want to serve him but also there are gonna be people that are just scared and they're they're going to need help um, I am I'm, I'm not even going to begin to talk about well I guess that mentioning it is beginning it but we're not going to go very far with this today when there are lying signs and wonders that are going to be happening in the enemy camp which the Bible says will be and when God begins to move in phenomenal miracles and provisions and um, uh, measures of uh, preservation for his people that will shine out as a light. Uh, we, we need to know these things are coming and because it's scriptural and we need to be prepared. But I think the main thing we've got to do is, number one, do what we know to do, which is still incredibly, incredibly important. And a true gift from God as being a saint, being on our face before him, studying the word, praying in diversities of tongues, working in interpretation, and um, to hear what God would say. as we speak mysteries to him and he, he shares with us what he wants from us that is, is really a, what was in his heart a secret now that he's revealing it to us. We need, to, we need to trust that and do that and trust our God. But we need to be very careful to not box the air and engage in, in uh, foolish grapplings and untoward battles that will not only wear us out, but it doles us. The enemy loves to argue and even when the Bible in Jude talks about Michael contending with Satan over the body of Moses and Michael would not go into a measure of blasphemia crisis or or, or a a false accusation, he he would not let the enemy draw him into things where he didn't belong, where, where Michael didn't belong. And even what we saw last week with Zechariah, uh, where, where God's plan spoke for itself and says, my plan rebuke you, Satan. My plan, I trust enough in my plan. It is, it is infallible. And this plan itself, which this man in Zechariah has partnered with me in, it speaks for itself. And I'm not going to answer you in any other way. We need to learn that. And, and I know it's easy to get irritated believe me it's easy from a Christian standpoint from an American standpoint or from wherever you're listening from somebody that believes in democracy and you you see these things happening you believe in the word you see these things happening you believe in purity and righteousness and you see these things happening it's easy to become furious just from an emotional perception that this is not only not right, it is destructive. It's wicked as its core. We can see those things and not like them without letting them drain us and not drawing us into a battle that's not ours. You know, it's kind of like when David and um, his mighty men were leaving Jerusalem when Absalom took over. And David could have stood and fought at that point, but it was not prudent for him to do that at that point. Not just because it was his son. I think that had a large bearing. Uh, in fact, Joab at one point said, what are you doing when, jo- when Absalom got killed? You know, all of us stood with you, and here you are mourning for this guy that tried to kill you and all of us. Um, but David was leaving, and one of the uh, relatives of Saul standing up on the hillside throwing rocks and cursing and his um, uh, one of David's men said let me go out and cut the head off that guy and David said no don't do it you got to choose your battles uh, it's, it's one of the ways you can pastor in a place for, for over 40 years you choose your battles you don't just go off half cocked at everything and you know you've got other examples of that Um, and I uh, that's not our message for today but um, I I do believe that God is going to use this time in September as a rejoicing moment there's gonna be a lot of really neat things happening a lot of fun in the Lord but tremendous times of intercession communing with God meeting with him learning uh some incredible things from his word and we we want you to be a part of it of course we will be live streaming it we we are hoping that our new equipment will be here and installed by then you know they've had that that uh, microchip shortage that covid produced which also should be a wake-up call for all of us as as americans Maybe we should stop outsourcing all these critical things that we might need. And uh, even though it saves us a few pennies, and in the name of globalism it blesses some far-off communist government, but maybe we should, as Americans, really wake up and say, you know what? Protective health gear—a lot of it needs to be made here. How about antibiotics? Let's let's bring it back over here to America. Don't take it away from the other people but let's make it here so that we're not totally cut off and microchips man we need that Um, let's let's make sure we we don't divest it all you know Texas Dallas used to be with Texas Instruments and then Raytheon I mean we we used to be a hub for that I don't know how much now It's cheaper to do it somewhere else Take a look at your iPhone. See where it was made. So, um, but the point though is that we hope that our equipment it should be here. It should be here, and that'll be an exciting thing too, because it'll afford us some some new ways to reach out to uh, our brothers and sisters around the world, and for them to be able to reach out to all of us. So, um, make plans to be here and and I know no look we didn't have one of these in March and um, I know that many of you work you have you have things that you need to do you know what I would I would I would be uh, happier if you had to like many of you I know can't come until you can't take the whole Four days of that week. So you come later in the week. And I know then you can stay Saturday and Sunday. I would rather you be here at the beginning than to miss the beginning and come at the end. You know? Because this is, this is a a spiritual offering that God has asked of us. And that entire first sequence. Is a point of obedience. It's a point of in-gathering. And you can do that from wherever you are, but it won't be the same as being here. I'm not going to say it won't be as effective, but it won't be the same as if you were here. So, September 14th. uh, And uh, I do want to thank all of you again. I mentioned that equipment for so many of you have given. I thank you for that. Um, we, we had some, since uh, Les Terrell's announcement on Sunday, we've had some who have, who have stepped up to the plate in these past few days, but there are some of you that you maybe are the, you're, you're that last push across the goal line. And we still need help. We're not milking this, but if the Lord's speaking to you, do what he says to do. And if you've been waiting to give, now is the time. So, thank you. Now, I didn't intend for us to take the first 30 minutes of this broadcast to talk about what we talked about. I really intended for us to have some fun. We have been having fun thus far, I think. But I thought it would be great for us to I studied about a whole bunch of things last night and this morning. Um, I read half of one book, and st- I was up early. I'm I'm at home by myself right now, so uh, it's a different feel. Uh, but I've invested a lot of time to study. But the Lord truly <clears throat> directed me to something that I think is it's kind of fun it's an exhortation about speaking in tongues now we as Saints we have received a double portion of this anointing we we received unknown tongues and we also saw in uh, Paul's writings to the Corinthians about diversities of tongues two different types of terms and and I remember even growing up how there were so many people who consider themselves Pentecostal and They they'd never spoken tongues and the argument then comes Can you be spirit-filled and? not speak with tongues and You know I went to college and seminary in Springfield, Missouri Queen City of the Ozarks mind you and a number of my professors were Individuals who wrote textbooks for uh, not only the Assemblies of God, but they were used in many Pentecostal uh, universities and you know the Berean School, and and uh, we had we had lively debates in class. Now I was always a classic Pentecostalist uh, from the time I was raised. That you know the way you know your spirit filled is by speaking with the evidence of speaking in other tongues, But then there would be people, instructors in these schools who would talk about miracles and signs and wonders that were performed by people, uh, Christian people, who did not speak with tongues, but yet the Spirit was moving in and through them. And the debate was lively. We believe wholeheartedly in speaking in tongues. But what about those who don't speak in tongues, who also um, move in the miraculous? And then there were people who believed in speaking in tongues. They just didn't do it that much. And I, I know many churches where the pastor himself would pray in tongues maybe once or twice a month, and he'd say that. I remember my mother after she was filled with the Spirit. She, one time I asked her, "Mom, how often do you pray in tongues?" "Oh, maybe once a month." Some people wait till they feel. Every time I feel the Spirit moving in, I mean, if they feel stirring, then they speak in tongues, or so maybe they, 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 uh, they crank one out. You know, that kind of thing, the Church of God jerk thing. And there are all kinds of people who are Pentecostal who don't really put a priority on speaking in tongues. They think that the first time they spoke in tongues got them into the club and that was just like the volcano spewing to prove that they were a volcano. And that's that really is a ridiculous mindset. I know I don't want to go too far with this, so I won't. But the point, though, is that we speak in tongues, and we speak in diversities of tongues, and we have written materials on this, we've taught seminars on it, we teach it regularly from the Scripture. The benefits that are obvious in the Scripture to speaking in tongues, to speaking in diversities of tongues, what we're to do with that, how we're to process what God reveals through those conversations of mystery that are born about by the Spirit of God. Um, It's your spirit, born-again spirit, that speaks in tongues according to the Scripture. And really, it's that connective between who you are, what God put in you, uh, when life came into you, when it becomes born again, and that spirit, I speak with tongues. And um, that's a connective between you and God who gave that spirit to you, which will, you will give back to God when this life ends. Give up the ghost, as it were. And if Jesus did it, who are you to say you aren't? So... Um, I, I think that this is not a retelling of those teachings. But I started looking today at recent studies about speaking in tongues and what effect it has not only on our brain but on our body. You can look these up for yourself on the Internet. So don't write me and say, where'd you get that? You look it up. It's just to the left of conspiracy theories and to the right of the latest gossip about cancel culture. You can find it. It's there. But here is an article. We want to talk about several things that medical science have identified as benefits to glossolalia or speaking in tongues. Now, the first one, is that you know we talked about many years ago the University of Pennsylvania took uh, brain images of five women when they spoke in tongues and they found that their frontal lobes the the place where they think um, the the willful part of the brain through which people control what they do uh, those frontal lobes went relatively quiet during the time uh, that people were speaking in tongues. The language centers of who you and I are became very, almost uh, dormant. And um, I, I think that's a very interesting thing. And then there were other flashings that went on throughout the brain that these researchers didn't really understand um what that meant <coughs> um let's see there was a journal called the S-S-S-S-S-S-S psychiatry psychiatry that's a weird word psychiatry p s y c h i a t r y psychiatry research neuroimaging and they highlighted the most active areas of the brain and they they use this to study people with Alzheimer's or dementia or people who have miscreant behaviors and um, so they studied this aspect of speaking in tongues and it's it's very interesting Uh, in the study in this study they also had um, used imaging techniques to track changes in blood flow in each of the people who were who were part of this study, in two conditions, one as they would sing either a gospel song or a worship song, and another when they spoke in tongues. And you know what they found out? They discovered that when people are singing songs, not pneumatikos songs, but so- or or uh, not singing in the spirit that's a different thing than the monica songs but if if people sang a gospel song or a hymn or a worship tune those frontal lobes were active but when they spoke in tongues they those frontal lobes became dormant now there's a lesson in that as well because some people when they're praying in diversities of tongues we used to have this a lot. We'd have to try to subtly tell people not to do it. That some people thought almost like they were in the shower and they would walk around and sing hymns or they'd sing things. And we'd say, no, no, no. This is not, this is not, this is a time for praying in the spirit. And we're going to interpret, but this is a time for praying in the spirit. And... Um, because when you're, when you're singing a worship song with your mind, those front lobes are active. And I'm not saying that's not a blessing, but there's a difference between those two things. There's a difference between speaking in tongues when the frontal lobes are dormant and when you bust into your, fam- your favorite uh, Bethel song and suddenly your cognitive things kick back into being. And is as emotive as that is, it is not... According to the test patterns, the the neuroimaging, it is not shutting off so that the spirit can move through you. I think that's very interesting. Um, Let's see, what else does this say? Uh, This is a funny one. There was a study in England that, um, that people who spoke in unknown tongues were more emotionally stable than those who did not. And this study said, suggests that people who speak in tongues rarely suffer from mental problems. They studied over a thousand evangelical Christians and um, they even separated between whether you were evangelical or whether you spoke in unknown tongues. And they said that the people who spoke in unknown tongues were more emotionally stable (laughs) Boy, there's a lot of things I want to say right now Um, I think that's true and I think that when we were making the change here people who were unwilling to deal with their their pride were maybe unwilling to release control to God or who had a power base who were set in their traditions and they were locked into a particular mindset. What by rejecting what God was giving, which was a biblical thing, they let those other things rise and we saw all kinds of all kinds of stuff come. And but but anyway, this is a study in England. And uh, I think that's that's an in, that's an incredible uh, that's an incredible thing. Um, the scans showed a dip uh, not only the frontal lobe um, becoming dormant. There was also a, a, a pronounced dip in the activity of a region called the left caudate, c a u d a t e. And that is the area that registers positive emotions, pleasure um, and um, it's where um, motor and emotional control is uh, is really functioning. it's it's the center of the emotions. And they found that when, People were speaking in tongues they were then really not moving in emotion and they were really not moving in seeking after their own pleasures maybe this was a dying to self so the combination of the frontal lobe you thinking and the combination of this this pleasure center this emotion center uh, toning down is really an incredible thing and it would, it would make sense that if those two areas were dumbed down that iniquities would often be shut off and miscreant behavior would also begin to dissipate um, there was a study that was done <clears throat> by the University of Albany S.U.N.Y. and uh, and it was reported to the American Journal of Human Biology, and it said that glossolalia was a significant source of reducing biological stress. This is really exciting. The team that studied this, the University of Albany in New York. They said that a reduction in circulatory cortisol, and I'm not going to pronounce all these chemicals, enhancements in, in other enzymic, en- enzymic activity are two common biomarkers of stress reduction that can be measured in saliva, um, that these things were, um, were reduced. Cortisol is a stress hormone responsible for the familiar stress response known as the fight-or-flight reaction. Alpha amylase, I'm just reading from the report, is an arousal enzyme that is sensitive to quick environmental changes and involves an adrenaline release in the sympathetic nervous system. Uh, This study of Pentecostals in New York's Hudson Valley found that the experience of Glossolalia dampened reactions to normal daily stressors. This is is really interesting. Um, And um, they they make the prediction that people with more Glossolalia experience would have lower cortisol and they generally did. Um, And so the fight or flight and the nervousness the psychological um, measures of um, of uh, alarm were were toned down by people. This is a, a through a chemical test for people who spoke in tongues. I think that's interesting. Um, I, I think it's really interesting. Some people. In the past, I remember people saying that, you know, they uh, when they were wanting to surrender to God, sometimes they would feel like they needed to get away, they needed to go. I remember one time where I was praying. I've testified about this. I was praying in our balcony here, and I felt the presence of God come upon me so strongly, and my my mind started thinking, I got to get out of here. And I almost envisioned myself running down the steps from the balcony and out into the parking lot. Of course, I did not do that, but I see now that perhaps God was absolutely overwhelming me and that area of the brain and that area of uh, the production of these kinds of uh, adrenal releases and chemical releases were, were really being impacted. They were being shocked at that point. This is really interesting. And, and this isn't some crazy journal by some nut sitting out under a tree simping, uh, sipping marijuana derivatives. These are from people that have done uh, neuro research. Um, there was another one. There, uh, there was a group of students that were studying medicine at ORU. A a Oral Roberts University, a brain surgeon, somebody who was training, or not just training, a, a brain surgeon at Oral Roberts University did a study of what happens in the brain when people speak in tongues. He found that they secreted, internally, two chemicals that can boost the immune system by 35 to 40%. Isn't that interesting? Um... So the health and the well-being of the igniting of the Spirit of God within you when you enter into this gift, this anointing, this communication uh, venue in God uh, where you're communing with God, your brain and your body Come into a point of wellness and wholeness and security. That is is really a miraculous thing, wouldn't you say? I would. Let's see if there's anything else in these reports. These are several things that I found, and you could easily find in the on uh, in the internet. Um, and then one of these uh, this uh, Albany study says that they're thinking, why is this? Why, why are people, um, why are their nervous systems <clears throat> becoming um, less reactive during the time they're speaking in tongues? And, and uh, nerve, by nervous systems, what we just mentioned—you know, the fight or flight—and and really having stress problems, uh, There's they're saying that there's some type of a, of a dissociative state where you can shut yourself off from the world, and you can become um, part of an altered state of consciousness. And that consciousness, of course, is the spirit of God. Now, there was one other thing that they studied, and that was the difference between these types of things and when people just meditate, you know, when they go and they, you know, even Hindus, Om, Om, you know, whether or yoga people or where you're just thinking on nice things, the thing is you're still thinking and they noted that even though that may be of benefit, and it is of benefit to, to a large degree in many instances, all those areas that tongues affects in the brain and all those chemical releases and restrictions of nerve, nervous situations, um, meditation doesn't do any of that. Or, or at least it, it doesn't have the same effect to the, to the degree that speaking in tongues does. So, you know, I think I speak in tongues not because of these things. I speak in diversities of tongues not because of these things. I do it because God gave it to us. I do it because the Bible speaks about it, and we've studied the Scripture about all of the, or at least um, um, as many things as we could possibly find, that the Scriptures say happens when you speak in unknown tongues or diversities of tongues. And we recognize that it's important for us to do it. But all of these things that we just talked about over the past 20 minutes... These medical realities, um, boy, don't we need each of them today. I mean, we need to be able to separate ourselves from the things that would inundate our thinking. We need to be able to have as much immune Factor as, uh, as we possibly can have in these days. We need to have um, peace of mind and stress reduction. We need to have uh, a measure of uh, not, not overreacting and not giving place to uh, the fight-or-flight syndrome and not to become over It's It's not by might or by power, but by my spirit. And, and, I you know, I would never have imagined, especially with a lot of the heavy stuff we've been talking about over the past number of weeks, if you'd said this to me yesterday, you know, tomorrow you're going to be on Wednesday Night Live with the Saints and you're going to be talking about factors medicinally and medically uh, concerning what happens when you speak in tongues as <laughs> not on my radar but the Lord just unequivocally said talk about this today so I I want to encourage you to speak in tongues pray in diversities of tongues every day for for the reasons that we have studied in the word together that we need as Saints but just as a sidelight, this is not our motive to speak in tongues, this is not our motive to speak in diversities of tongues, but just as a sidelight, these things that we've talked about today, it's just kind of fun to recognize this really happens when I'm praying in the spirit, and when you're praying in the spirit. And I, and I love it, too, because that whole business of the the um, the frontal lobes and the causative, causate area sh- being dormant, or largely dormant, so it's not your mind that, that's doing it. Your mind is at enmity with the things of the Spirit. So it bows itself down and it is quiet. And then when it is awakening it should be gleaning the interpretation that the spirit has left from your times of speaking in tongues you got to gather that up and you know we've said before you know sometimes we're on the mountaintop we're before the throne and everything's so clear and then we come down back into the world and you think what in the world is going on down here you got to process and grasp the things that God shares and treasure them But that's all a picture of what goes on in us when we pray in the Spirit. So I encourage you, as saints, to remain faithful to pray in the Spirit. Again, because of the things we've seen in the Word. But just know as well that these things happen when you pray in the Spirit. Now, I don't even begin to know when they see these flashings and activity registries going on in other parts of the brain when you pre- when you speak in unknown tongues and diver- I don't know if they did any study with diversities of tongues maybe we should sign up that'd be a good study what happens when you pray in unknown tongues as opposed to when you pray in diversities of tongues when you when you change and go into many different languages the tongues of men- what happens when you when your brain, when you speak in, in in the tongues of men, uh, and as opposed to the tongues of angels, what happens then? And what does that mean? I I, I know that God is wanting to um, impart capacities in us that He created us to to function in. And part of the grace gift of diversities of tongues, part of that dimension of grace which is reaching into the new, I believe is God wanting to use capacities that He created us to move in that the curse and even our our lack of development have prohibited from them functioning. And so grace... You stir up the grace within you. Um, I I think that God is wanting to use capacities that He created us originally for the purposes of partnering with Him that have been dormant. The enemy's trying to press those. The enemy is saying to people who are highly intelligent. Scholastically driven people, with all of your smarts and learning, I want to impact you and let you see things you've not seen. Those people want that. They recognize that there's more than what their earthly cognitive abilities, no matter how much they study, no matter what their IQ level is, the creativity is limited. And the enemy's offering that to them a heightened measure. But we have the best. We're serving God. And so let's, let's submit ourselves to God and let's pray in the Spirit. Last week, we talked about what God did with <clears throat> Joshua in the book of Zechariah upon that measure of promotion and what God did there. And I wonder if that fair meter upon the head that Zechariah cried out for, give that to Joshua. It's more than just being the high priest. It's more than just the platelet at the front that details all the Jewish writings. There's a spiritual capacity. This was in the heavens. There's a spiritual capacity. And I'm wondering if God didn't direct us to... Uh, this gift that he gave us speaking in tongues and praying in diversities of tongues and to let us know that it does affect your cranial capacity and that maybe God is wanting to take us into a heightened measure of service to him and understanding as Paul wrote that the eyes of your understanding be enlightened that you might understand with all the saints the height, the depth, the width, and breadth and what is the inheritance of the saints. Even Paul spoke about things like that. The eyes of your understanding receive an enlightening. Now, God can just do that. But He uses this gift. Unknown tongues and diversities of tongues. It's His way. It's His plan. And so we need to value it And put it into practice. Now, again, I'm going to go just a little bit over today. I know some of you love to be here in this house to pray. And I appreciate that. I do too. And I know some of you really love praying with other saints. That does generate a synergy atmosphere. And really why it does that? is because each person, when they're really moving in the Lord, for them, there is an opening that is a connection between God and them. And that has spiritual uh, effects in the natural and in the spirit realm. Not to mention the angels that are dispatched to work with, those that are called to be sons scripture says that happens and when you get that one person doing it and another person doing it another person doing that you've you really fill the room with that kind of thing and it is a different experience almost like being in a crowd like if you clap your hands or if you hear a thousand people clapping their hands it's the same action but it's a different effect Last week I saw on the Internet, maybe some of you did, there was a National Hockey League game with uh, the Boston Bruins uh, being on Long Island uh, playing against the New York Islanders in a playoff game. And they were singing the National Anthem, and the, the, the singer who was appointed to with the mic about a fourth of the way through, she just put the mic down toward the crowd and that whole group 17,000 people or so were singing the national anthem and it was moving not only as an American but it was moving to hear that now I love to hear that woman had a beautiful voice she I don't remember who she was but she was a professional singer she was great I enjoyed hearing that but then all these people dressed in, <clears throat> in hockey jerseys are singing it, 17,000. That made a difference. Same song. So I'm not discounting that um, it's great when we can all be together, but you can do the same things before God individually. And, and from my thinking the gathering is a whole lot better when everybody comes prepared and has individually been meeting with God. So let's pray in the Spirit and let's pray in diversities of tongues. Apostle Paul said, I do that more than any of you when he wrote to the church at Corinth. God gave to the church unknown tongues. On the birth of the ecclesia at Pentecost and he gave to us as Saints a heightened dimension of that which Paul spoke about as the grace gift of diversities of tongues two different phrases in the original language and they really are two different capacities of the same uh, genre of gifting use that use that be before God commune with him in it but just today this fun stuff we're talking about the changes in brain activity the changes in blood flow the release of enzymes for uh, stress relief and and uh, I- immune uh, enhancement the the removal of self the removal of uh, fear and uh, the removal of a removal of cognitive dysfunction, uh, greater sense of emotional health. All of these things are medically proven. I don't think these folks were doing it for this pur- purpose, but the findings showed things that we as Pentecostals would never have known. So, thanks for joining us today. Pray in the Spirit commune with god spend time with him and make plans to be here in september god bless you all we're praying for you we're proud of you we're honored to be able to stand with you and until um, the next time we can be together on this site god bless and goodbye